uh, that uh, lots of trees had to die this morning so you could have all the paper that you had. You should have received a monthly. You should have received a bulletin this morning. And I also hope you received one of these that says WACOB Mission 2019. And so I want to begin um, this morning uh, just to tell you a little bit about this. I'm not going to read through it all, um, but just to walk you through it a little bit because um, there's some new things that are going to be happening in in our church this next year. And just want to give you a chance to understand those. And if if you have, maybe we might be able to take questions if you're really confused about anything. Um, But I just wanted to go through this with you a little bit as we get started this morning. Um, the first thing it says is what's new in 2019. Obviously, these are just a few things that we are going to be doing that are new. All right. None of these things are completely reinventing the wheel. Some of these things have been done different places, different ways before. Um, but this is some, some items that we have catered specifically to our church, uh, that we really believe will be effective. Um, our ministerial team has been meeting for months now uh, to prepare for a lot of this and talking about these different things. And, and so in 2019, we are going to begin to make them happen. So you see a few different things there. Um, the step forward classes at the bottom, we have been working hard to answer the question of what do we want to happen when someone comes to our church? Well, and we, I asked the Sunday school class I taught this morning that same question. I hope you start having some answers to that while you're kind of sitting there, but we've been trying to put some answers to that question as well. And so one, we hope that, A, we hope they become members and understand what it means to be a member. And so many of you know we have a membership class for that. Those of, those of you that have become members since I have been here have most likely gone through a membership class with me and know what we discuss in membership class. The second thing is that we would like for them to get involved and connected in some form of ministry. And so the new class that we are doing, and we're going through it right now with a guinea pig group at 9.15 on Sunday mornings, is a class called Place, uh, Finding Your Place in Life and Ministry. Um, I'd love, if if you missed this morning and would really like to be a part of that, you are still welcome. We'd really like to get you here next week, though and not miss any more classes. So that you could join us next Sunday at 9.15, and that is our first class. And then ministry leadership training. I have a group that has gone through that with me in the last four months. Um, this is for those that are ministry leaders. We Probably 50% of our church is already in, in some form of ministry leadership. So we do plan to do another one of these down the road. Just don't have a calendar date for that at the moment. But the big thing on the other side is where it says Wednesday night family night schedule. This is one of the biggest things that is new, is we are wanting to build on um, our community meal, what we've already been doing, which is a monthly community meal, and create a regular Wednesday night family event. So the new night that, the new night that we will have will only fall on the second and fourth Wednesdays of the month. If you notice on this schedule, we are taking advantage of the fact that we have a fifth Wednesday in January. So since what we're doing on the second and fourth of the month is new, we wanted to use that as our night to launch this. Okay, so we are launching this on January 30th, a fifth Wednesday, but it will typically fall on the second and fourth Wednesdays. So if you take a look there, what the looking at January 30th, February 13th, and February 27th, Choir will move its practice to 6 o'clock. 
And for the adults, we will have Bible study and prayer here in the sanctuary. The youth will continue to do their campus life uh, mobile ministry that we have. We, you, it's no surprise that we don't have a lot of teenagers, that, students that fall in that category, although we do have a few. But that ministry is still something we are part of and we'll actually be hosting it here this Wednesday night. So the first of the month, we will be hosting it here. Our kids will be doing junior Bible quiz from 7 to 8. That will be in the basement while the adults will be upstairs. And then toddlers will have a staff nursery from 7 to 8 as well. We have our staff set for junior Bible quiz. We thank you for those of you that have have stepped into those roles and we're going to be meeting today. Um, But we don't have our staff polished yet for nursery. We definitely need some help that night with nursery. So just as I'm announcing that, just one thing I'm going to be putting in the back is this is just those of you that have kids that are fifth or excuse me, kindergarten through eighth grade that are planning on participating in this ministry. We would like to know know that. So this will be back there at the table. Vanessa had the idea, and I think it's a good one. We may very well even be able to Skype or Zoom kids in um, if they really want to be a part of it that bad. If you don't know what that is, that's just a way we can put you on the computer and you can join us that way. So if you really want to be a part of this and you think you can't make it, we may even create those potentials. So this will be in the back. If you, if you know your kids are planning on participating in this event, we'd love to have their names down just so we can have an idea for how many kids we are expecting. Um, so that is what is taking place on, on all of the, and, and again, I'm, I'm in need of nursery. We're still in need of nursery workers. So if you would be able to help with that, we would greatly appreciate it. I'm going to be connecting with our nursery alternates whether you just want to serve one Wednesday a month or even one Wednesday every two months, that would be great and a big help to all of us. But that's one area we are still needing to fill is our nursery workers for our junior Bible quiz program, or excuse me, for our Wednesday night program. Um, the third, the third Wednesday is kind of still our wild card um, because we, we're going to meet with our board and if the board would like to keep meeting on Wednesdays, that would be the ideal time to do that. But we haven't made that decision yet. But the first one As many of you have gotten all of these cards and these study guides, we're going to have our Bible trivia night, all right? We're going to let the kids that have been studying and the adults that have been studying with their cards and study guides, and we're just going to have some fun and do some stuff with Bible trivia that night, order some pizza, and just come together, all be one ministry, and have some fun on February 20th. So this is a new Wednesday family night template. I hope, I know this can be a little confusing to read. Um, Anybody have a question about it, just since we're here and we're having a conversation this morning. Today may feel a little bit more like a conversation than a sermon. Um, I got quite a bit more I want to share with you, but is there any questions about that schedule at the top? Yes, Lynn. Yes, good question. Um, for our adult, and you can read a little bit more about that in, your, um, in what's new in 2019. But yes, we plan to engage with the topics that we have been studying um, on Sunday morning. And also do with what's at the bottom of this, a Bible reading plan, all right? Um, Starting at the end of January, I will begin going through the Gospel of Luke all the way up until Easter. So I will have some selected uh, passages for you to read, some things that we can talk about. We can kind of be on the same page as we're preparing for ministry. But I didn't want to wait until then. I mean, it's the new year, and hopefully you want to read your Bible, and so I thought we'd give you some options, and if you would like to begin reading with us and going through some text together, what I gave you here 
um, for next Sunday is a pretty much a study on prayer and fasting. Um, the texts and bolds are the texts that will be directly relevant with our next message. And so next Sunday, we will be talking about prayer and fa- we will be talking about prayer and fasting. Now, I'm going to devote next Sunday to, to that topic. But when you look at this, I know this is new, like week of prayer and fasting. Is he expecting everybody in the church to go without food for a whole week? Yes. No. No, I'm not going to do that to you. But I would like you to begin considering, and I'm telling you this now so you can begin thinking about it, each for six nights, Monday through Saturday, the church will be open for prayer. Uh, 7 to 8 o'clock p.m. We will have a prayer meeting. Part of it will be some time on your own to pray, and I'll have some little prayer guides for you um, to, to help you with that. And then the other half of that will be what we will do corporately, holding hands like the Waltons and praying together, okay? Uh, we've been doing that in our ministerial meetings, and I have been incredibly encouraged by it. And selfishly, I, I won't lie that that's the one thing that I, I, I hope, whether it happens soon or happens later, that we, we form an opportunity to pray together regularly. So, um, but yes, I've created, well, we will be doing that at the end of our adult Bible studies. We'll devote the last 15 minutes of our adult Bible studies to prayer. So, what I'd like for you to begin thinking about is if you can make it on one of those nights, um, I'd love for you to just put your name down because we have, I have six different nights here. This will be at the back table. There's the themes. You see the same six themes that are right here in your mission bulletin. Just to put your name down if you're planning on coming because, I, you know, Brody's going to be here. I'll, Pastor Brody will be here all six of those nights, and it'd be great if it wasn't just me. I'd really love to have someone else to pray with each night. So if, you know, we got everybody signing up for Tuesday, that's fine, but I'd like for a couple people to sign up for some other nights so we have some, some people coming to pray on each night. So if I get six people, at the end of the day, I'm pretty happy because we got one person to sign up on all six nights. Uh, we have somebody that can come and pray on behalf of our church. Now, as far as the fasting goes, uh, uh, again, I'll be talking a lot more about it next week. But um, I would like for you to consider uh, what fasting might look like for you. Maybe it's that night you pray, you want to go without eating, but maybe there's something else that is a bigger hindrance to prayer than food. What I will get into next week is, is to tell you the purpose behind prayer and fasting is the first word, not as much the second word, that you pray. You are denying yourself so that you can pray. The meal is pretty easy because oftentimes if you're going to fast a meal, I'd hope that while you're not eating that meal, you would devote that time to prayer. But if you quickly look at your life, you may notice that there's a lot of things that are bigger distractions to you than eating. And if maybe you could remove some of those things from your life, you probably could remove some of those things from your life for a whole week and devote that time that you would normally spend in front of a television, in front of social media, to prayer. So I'd love for you just to begin. I don't want to spend too much time on this now because I will spend a lot of time on it next week. But I'd love for you at least to begin thinking about it, and we will devote next week to the topic of prayer and fasting. So this will be back there as well. So... I have a Bible reading plan for you. I have a week of prayer and fasting schedule for you. Um, any other questions about the Mission 2019 bulletin before we move to some opening thoughts in 2019? Bless you. Oh, one thing. Um, 
Mitch had handed me this before service started. I have not got a chance to look at this. This is a men's retreat. Uh, Eversole Church of the Brethren, someone was here from Eversole that gave us some information for a men's retreat February 1st through the 3rd. Um, this guy's name is Ken Moyer. Um, he was a former Bengal, and understand he's a candidate for the new head coaching job. Just kidding, but I think anybody is a candidate for the new head coaching job. <coughs> I won my fantasy league, so I'm putting that in on the resume, see if I can get the job. Um, but anyway, if God, some of these things, I, I, you, know, you know if I'm really interested in something, I will bring it to your attention. I haven't had a chance to look at this. So if there's a guy here that would like to look at this, and you get two or three other people that would like to do this, I will find a way to make it happen, and we'll start connecting with the whole church. So I'm just going to leave this up here. If it's something you'd like to look into, um, I'll get it to you <coughs> after service. All right, let's get our Bibles back to Acts 2.42. I'd love for you to open to that passage. If Nick, if you're able to get that um, verse up, that's fine, but it's such a short passage, they can be right there in the middle of their scripture, all right? Acts 2.42. Cheryl read it, but I'm going to read it to you one more time. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Quick word of prayer as we begin. God, this is your word. And now we look back to the very first church, their very first gatherings, and be reminded of who it is that we are. To be reminded of our roots as Christ followers. And as we've said already this morning, and take a look in the mirror and recognize what it is we are called to do as a church in such a time as this. God, open up our ears, open up our eyes, and open up our hearts so that we can feel as you feel, see as you see, and hear as you hear. We need you more than we need ourselves this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was talking about membership class, and if you did go through that class with me, you may remember what we do the very first class. We take a look at this passage, the whole of this passage, all the way down to verse 47, so Acts 2, 42 through 47. We take a look at the Great Commission in Matthew 28, we take a look at, at 1 Corinthians 12, where it talks about being the body and the body having many parts. And we look at all of these different texts, and we, we use these as descriptions of what the first church looked like. And there's always this convicting thing that we do, and we, we take all this, this stuff and we say, what did the first church do? What was the first church's purpose? And how could you describe the first church? And we write those things down, and we say, huh, how many things were very important to the first church, and maybe don't seem to be that important to us anymore. And then we flip the coin a little bit and do something that's just as convicting, and we say, how many things that seem to really be important to us today that just weren't that important at all to the first church? And that's how we begin our membership classes, because we have to remember really what we're moving towards is this. And let's don't be moving away from this. Because when we start moving away from devoting ourselves to teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer, we're moving away from our identity. We're moving away from the body that Christ created as his body and his him, the head. And so 
on a Sunday like this in the first Sunday of 2019. Isn't it crazy how the first full week of the year always falls on a Sunday? I'm just kidding. But that's the way we're, we're here this morning. The first Sunday of the first full week of 2019, we're going to be reminded of who we are. And so here's the first thing that they say. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. Now, so they would learn, of course, how to listen. Not only would they listen to the word, they would talk about the word of God together. They wouldn't just do it in their meetings. They would do it when they went back home, and they were really, really encouraged to be able to do this with each other. Now, we can't forget that, of course, the gospel was new at this time. Everything had changed. Jesus had just ascended into heaven. So all of this, uh, this message is totally new at this point. They're, 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 they're hungry for this. They're learning this stuff for the first time. Well, what does this mean? And how has Christ fulfilled all these prophecies? So there's something new and exciting that is going on. We have to tell ourselves this over 2,000 years later. That this gospel should still be new to you today. The story of the, the gospel is death and life. There's, there's old stuff of us that should still be passing away. And there's also new life that is available to us through his word that should be happening in our life today. May we be a people that are hungry for the things of God. Now, we've given you... Um, we have programs. You know, what you're reading in your 2019 mission is programs. Things that we are starting. These are just man's programs. But these are opportunities that provide opportunities, excuse me, for you to do these very things right here in Acts 2.42. And so the first is simply devoting yourself to teaching. You noticed in your mission 2019 bulletin, we have a little Bible reading plan for you there. Some scriptures that you can read up until, up until next Sunday. And one of the things we began doing in our home is just, uh, just reading the gospel out loud. We'll read through a chapter of Luke uh, out loud. And it doesn't put too much pressure on Brody to explain everything, but let my kids ask questions, let my wife ask questions, and we'll interact as the Lord leads us. And if we're ready to move on, we'll move on. Wouldn't it be great to begin 2019 just to begin to, to read the word of God out loud in your home? begin engaging each other with the scriptures at home. So one of the things that we've given you is a Bible reading plan. Uh, we've also are going to begin doing the adult Bible study two Wednesday nights a month. And again, I don't uh, plan to come into that with a rigorous agenda. I hope it's more interactive where you may come with questions from some of the things that you are reading. So in the upcoming, up until Easter, I hope to read through the whole Gospel of Luke and I also hope to read through the book of Genesis. I am blown away every time I read Genesis of, of how everything is connected. We're reminded of how everything began. Um, so we're going to be going through the book of Genesis as well. And if those questions come up on our adult Bible study, um, we will do that as well. We're only going to have 45 minutes, you know, a Wednesday to interact. Um, so we hope that that goes, that you have lots of things to talk about from some of the things you're reading as well. And then, of course, with Junior Bible Quiz... We hope that we're, we're raising the level of biblical literacy in our congregation because biblical literacy is something that is going down the tubes very quickly. You know, churches are growing in music. Um, they're growing in aesthetics. 
<coughs> and they're growing in facilities. We're finding so many new ways to, all across America, to make our facilities look beautiful. But yet our knowledge of Scripture itself is tanking fast. Most of us, many, many Christians still couldn't tell you enough things about Scripture as to how to, to explain why they even believe what they believe. And so Junior Bible Quiz is a really fun, easy way for us to begin doing that again. That's why I encourage many of you to maybe get a study guide or get a box of cards and in your homes. And I'm, I was so excited of all of you that did that. And, and we're going to have some fun on February 20th, and we're going to have a little competition. And we'll, we'll, So you need to be practicing. You need to prepare yourself if you're going to join us on the 20th. And even on our adult Bible studies, I'll bring some of those cards in and just ask a few questions as well. So I've given you a few things. I'm giving you a few things that we're beginning to do uh, to consider devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching, devoting ourselves to teaching. The next one. In the text, it says they devoted themselves to fellowship and to the breaking of bread. Now, I combine those two. Um, I, I don't think I have to explain to all of you what fellowship means. It was they interacted with each other. You know, they were, they, but their original relationships, again, you have to remember, Jesus Christ just died on the cross. He ascended into heaven. They saw what they did to Jesus and to all the peoples that began to follow him, and they saw this movement that is beginning to break out, how they're going to persecute Christians. The Jews don't like Christians very much. And so imagine, but, but many of the first disciples and apostles have had these experiences together, and they've seen what the Lord has done in their life. So imagine not knowing if you're going to have a tomorrow and in your life having a radical change, but then coming together with a bunch of people that are doing the same things that you are. It would be incredibly refreshing. There would be a type of fellowship and bond that you would have with those people that you didn't have with everybody else. This is the culture of the first church. And this is the one thing that I hope we don't move too far from. That this ought to be a place where you can interact with people about the things that you don't get to interact with everybody else about. This ought to be the place where you can be vulnerable. I had to challenge about, uh, I don't know, 12 to 15 of you to be really vulnerable this morning. <laughs> We were taking personality tests, and sometimes on those personality tests, there was like four different options. All of those options stink. <laughs> All of those options were something negative about yourself. So you had to circle, yes, this is where I stink right here. But this ought to be a place where we can do that together. Just as there is death, through this death comes new life. And so that's the kind of fellowship that the first church have, and it's the kind of fellowship that I hope that we have. Now, the other word on there, is breaking a bread. And when I studied that, it was interesting because no scholar could conclude that Luke, Luke's the author of the book of Acts, that Luke was talking about communion or that he was just simply talking about eating together because he uses that line in different contexts throughout Scripture. He uses it sometimes just to talk about a meal and he uses it to talk about the actual communion. But it's beautiful that that happened in Scripture because you have to imagine if you were sitting in the, in, in the room when Jesus, when he was given communion, breaking bread would never be the same for you ever again. Every time, whether they took, were taking communion or just eating a meal together, they would be reminded of exactly who it is and why they're even gathered together eating a meal together in the first place. So there's something special that connects us, even if, there's, even if we're just eating a meal together, 
We're reminded that we are here with intentionality. We are here because Jesus Christ has done something in our lives and because we need each other just uh, as the same as we need a Savior. And so there was this connection that every time they'd hear that word break, they see bread broken, they would remember communion and be reminded of of who they are. And so Wednesday night, um, I've had people, not very many, I've had people telling me this for six years now, that just having another night to meet together will significantly increase our community. Uh, You know, Sunday, just you, you listen to this talking head. You listen to this goofball on Sunday, and you just get to talk to everybody else a little bit. I hope a, another night gives us a chance to interact a lot more, gives us a chance to do more fellowship, gives us a chance to grow spiritually and engage in ways that you don't really get to right here, and get, gives us a chance to build our community, to increase our fellowship and breaking of bread. I will, I will commend you. Listen, one thing you need to know about, about, about all of us here, we know how to eat, okay? We do that really well. All right? And I believe we're going to continue to do that really well, okay? On Wednesday nights with our community meal and all the other fellowship meals that we have, I think we are great at eating together, okay? So I, I, I know that will continue as well. But we hope that Wednesday provides that other opportunity to do that. Um, I'm, we will be talking more about some other uh, small groups and with some things that our deacons are going to be doing um, to build community in, in ways we can even connect with each other in homes. Um, we'll be talking more about that in the future as the deacons continue to connect. But the third thing, it says they devoted themselves to prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. Now, the first disciples' prayer was a resilient one. I remember context of the upper room where Jesus told them, it's hard to do this. We got to take our step back and imagine if we were in the disciples' shoes. You just watched the Son of God ascend into heaven. Anybody ever get to do that? Anybody ever saw anyone ascend into heaven? Me neither, okay? <laughs> um, so, They've watched the Son of Man ascend into heaven. They've watched Jesus Christ die. They've watched him come back. And he says, I'm going to give you something. I'm going to come back. I'm going to send you a comforter and a counselor. But you need to go be in the upper room together and wait. I haven't had that kind of expectation before. So imagine what that would have been like. And they were together in prayer and seeking and waiting for something. They didn't even completely know what was going to happen next. But they knew they were waiting for something. So the first church's prayers were always characteristic of they prayed until they still something changed, but more consistently, they prayed until there was a revelation. I love the text of scripture where they're praying for Peter. Peter's in jail, and they're praying for Peter's safety. And then all of a sudden they're praying for Peter to be released from jail. And all of a sudden they hear a knock on the door, and it's guess who it is? Peter's like, no, it can't be Peter. God doesn't work that way. When we ask him to release someone from jail, he really doesn't do that. But that's exactly what happened, and all the disciples were shocked. And so those are the kind of things that begin to happen when people would pray together earnestly. And that's, this is, was a characteristic of the first church. And so, as I shared with you, our last 15 minutes of our Wednesday night adult Bible study will be devoted to a time of prayer together, and we hope to make that a consistent prayer time and I'm always open to other opportunities for consistent prayer meetings. 
Um, and we will, next week again, I'm going to be talking to you about prayer and fasting. And we're going to have a week where we're going to begin 2019 in prayer together. Again, I want you to hear my heart and understand something. I realize that everything in here are the ideas of men and women. These are things that we hope help facilitate. There's nothing incredibly sacred about this stuff. But all of these things are opportunities to give you the opportunity to, 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 to grow in teaching, to grow in fellowship and breaking in bread, and to grow in prayer. We need the hand of God. We need the move of God's spirit more than we need a program. And so speaking of, of um, prayer, I, I just want to tell you, we do. We need to hear you pray. I need to hear you pray. It's encouraging to hear you open up your mouth and begin to seek the Lord about something because my spirit, I can agree with you and we can have this, this bond that we're all in this together. We are all wanting the same things because these desires are coming from our Father in heaven. So um, as I begin, I've already talked to you about prayer and fasting. You can continue to think about what you may do in the upcoming weeks and we'll talk a lot more about that next week. Now, last thing I want to tell you. I've given you a title for this message, and it's the word devoted. I want you to realize that that is the point of this text. See, there's lots of churches, every church all across America does some teaching. They talk to each other when they come. They usually have some form of communion that they do, however often they do it. And at some point in the service, I hope that they pray. So, we could all just check off that list, check off, well, we taught today, we talked to each other, we took communion once a month, and we prayed. Pastor Brody said a prayer and service. We could pat ourselves on the back, tell us we are really doing church well. We fit the Acts 2.42 description perfectly. And there's a lot of churches all across America that pat themselves on the back because they are doing all of those things and happy that they keep doing them. But what I'm trying to tell you is that's not the point of this text. The point of text is that word, the D word. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. The Greek word for devoted is the, is the word, I'm sure I'm going to pronounce it wrong, proskerterio. This combines two elements. It combines the idea of continuing to do these things, doing them steadfastly, continuing, continuing, not stopping. They're not going to stop devoting themselves to teaching, not going to stop fellowship, not going to stop breaking a bread, not going to stop praying. So it's the idea that they keep doing this stuff, but it also carries with it the same, same idea in one Greek word, that they do it with steadfastness. They do it with an ardency. They do it with a passion. So it's the consistency. It's, it's that they do it. And it's also the manner in which they do it. I'm actually saying I'm not that profound of a person, but I'm saying something profound here because there's people in churches all across America that have that imbalance. They have one or the other. They usually don't have both. Meaning this, you know you've met people 
that they have a lot of emotion, they have a lot of excitement about the Lord, and they can talk a really good talk, and they can even have tears coming out of their eyes while they're talking the talk, and, and they can tell you all the things that they're going to do, but they never really do it, and it just kind of fizzles out, and, and it's some, it's sometimes it's just the words that they use on Sunday, and they, their life throughout the rest of the week doesn't align with all this passion that they claim to have. A lot of people in churches across America that have that type of passion and it's really confusing people. Or it's the other side of the thing where they keep doing what they've always done because they know they're supposed to and they keep doing it. They're there every week. They, keep do, they make sure the job gets done. They do it with consistency, but they always do it with just that blank stare on their face and like, oh, I have to do this. Oh, I have to clean this up again. I have to work in the nursery again. And there's no passion. There's no excitement about it, period. The word in the biblical text was putting both of those things together. They recognized who they were doing it for. They recognized that they'd already given their life over to something bigger than themselves. They were doing it with passion, and they couldn't stop. They continued to serve. They continued to draw near to God and continued to to do the ministries that they were created for. That is what devoted means. It's okay. I heard some. You ought to be able to say amen to that. Can we say amen to that? Amen. Now, as I shared with you guys, I want to make this really clear. It's not a new Wednesday night program that's going to bring change in our church. It's not a new deacon program and polishing up all of what our deacons are supposed to do. It's not junior Bible quiz. It's not a Wednesday night adult Bible study. It's not even a Bible reading plan that's really going to bring about change. It's not even just making sure we have prayer meetings on the schedule like we have for our week of prayer and fasting. Do you understand what we're, what we're missing here? What, it, what is going to be key to growth for this church in 2019, key to having an exceptional year is your devotion, not to this place, but to the Son of God. Your devotion to the living God and learning how to place him first above everything else in your life is what is going to bring real change and real revival in this congregation. Not your devotion to a program, but your devotion to him will make you hungry for the things of God and hungry to be fully present just as the first church was, to be encouraged and excited about being together because this is the church of Jesus Christ that you can do things with and talk to about and pray together and that that is so unique rather than any place else in the world. Devotion. Your devotion to the living God. I want to tell you that I get to hear some of your stories, and your stories are very encouraging to me. The Lord is longing for a heart that, that wants to, a heart that is available. And I, I, I get to hear stories. I, I heard a, I've heard some stories from people in our congregation. One person said how um, they're starting to recognize their shadow. They're starting to, to see. That, that's, that's a word we use to to recognize some areas of their life that they need to work on that they haven't recognized before. I've heard others give testimony of of others' conviction of sin that they've had in their life. I've had testimonies of how God is moving in their life and they're actually starting new ministries. Some of them don't have anything to do with our church or anything, but they're able to start new ministries in their life and social media. And I've 
I get to hear these things from some of you. One thing I heard recently that I was real encouraged by um, was someone that, that I don't know what you guys did on New Year's Eve. I was really wanting to be asleep, but we had people over, so I stayed up a lot longer than I normally do, way past my bedtime. But I had one person in our church tell me that for the first time they prayed in the new year. They, they saw what time it was, and they wanted to be in prayer as the new year hit. I thought, what a great way to begin the new year. Forget all the hype. Let's be reminded of who you are. And because that was so encouraging to me and all the stories that I've heard from, from how the Lord is moving in some of your life, I want to give everybody this morning an opportunity to do that. So, Nick, I'm going to ask you to begin to play that song and just play it a little quiet as I give some direction here. We're just, Nick's going to play this song for five minutes. If you haven't had a chance to do this, now's your opportunity. Now's your opportunity to connect with the Lord and say the things and, and look into this next year, realizing that you're like, you know, he says you're more than a conqueror. I love, my wife got me this thing I'll put in my office. It's my, one of my favorite verses, Romans eight nineteen. It says, creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. This year, I hope you get to realize who it is you were created to be. There's so much potential that you have that is uniquely yours. And when you understand your identity in him, there's amazing things that you can do. So as we begin this new year, I want to give you an opportunity just to connect with the Lord, a time of prayer. Just to consider, maybe it's a time of confession for you. Maybe it's a time of preparation. But I just want to, this, I want to encourage you to find, if you want to just stay right there where you're seated, if you need to get up away and come to these altars, that's fine. I will always make myself available. And in deacons, if we have multiple people that want prayer, I may ask you to come and join me as well. But as this song sings, and you're looking for words to say, you're having a hard time with words to say, I like to put the words out there so it's, it's, uh, you don't get distracted when you hear someone else. You can listen to a song. You don't, you're not listening to everything somebody else is praying and like, man, I should be praying like them. Or we, we just give some extra noise in the background. But if you need something to say, you can say the words of this song. This song is a, is a simple prayer, a great prayer to begin the new year. But this time, I just want to encourage everybody, bow your heads for just a second. Close your eyes just for a second. Lord, today we are here as the church of Jesus Christ in this new year. And Lord, we are beginning anew. And in this moment, if there's anything else that our people hear, I want it to be that we can always begin new programs. But at the end of the day, it will be the person in the mirror that has to change. It will be the person in the mirror that you have the most control over. And it's the person in the mirror that is in need of a Savior. So church, with that in mind, I want to invite you to a few moments of prayer this morning. If you'd like to come forward, you're welcome to come forward to these altars. If you would be in need of prayer, I'll be around. I'd love to pray with you. I'm just going to let Nick play that song for about three or four more minutes and give you an opportunity to bring in the new year with prayer.
I love the words of that song. And I will build my life upon your love. Your love is a, is a firm foundation. Lord, today we were reminded of who we are because we're reminded of who you are. So Lord, our confession is that we need you this year. As we begin 2019, may we begin it together in one accord. I thank you that I do sense in anticipation. I do sense an expectancy in our congregation. I've been sensing it from, from people and, and prayers that some have been praying, from conversations that we've been having. But that expectation and that invitation is one that all of us must continue to extend. One that we must be devoted to. So Lord, may we be a people of passion and may we be a people of action. May you move in our lives in such a way that we can't help but draw near to you time and time again. We trust you, Lord, in 2019 with what is next. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.